name is Alexander Krauss. Alex for short, A for Tishon. Welcome to Big Tall Boys. Big Tall Boys, take me away. Take me away. Take me away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting show we've got planned for you today. We've actually like a lot of internal meetings to make sure this is one of the better ones. A lot of internal meetings are going to work out the kinks and everything done. A lot of focus groups and whatnot. And everybody's been contributing. We've been sitting around in a room around a table and somebody's been wheeling out one of those old school CRT televisions on like the tray and they put in a, uh, an old tape in there and we've watched a little clip and we've figured out that the best approach for this show is actually dependent. It's actually like really needing you to stay here with us. Um, yeah, we tried some other things where we were like playing it cool and a little bit like we didn't even care. And as it turns out, the, 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 the audiences didn't respond to that. They felt a little bit of separation from the source material. So I think this one, I think this one we go all the way. This is Big Tall Boys and... I need you. Like, I actually, I actually like really need you here to make this show work. We need an audience so the, so that it makes sense to do the episode. Okay. I'm on my hands and knees of it. Not just on my knees, I'm on my hands and knees. I'm crouched, but like as a, I'm like a little dog on the floor for you. And it's not, I know what you're thinking that it's probably like sexual. It's not, it's not. Okay. It's not. It's just comfortable for me like that. That's where I, that's where I naturally go. That's where I naturally am. That's like, that's just me. I don't, it's fine. Look, let's, let's reset. I made it weird. I said some, I said some stuff. I made it weird, but I just, I need, I need you here with me is all I want to say. Um, this week we're going to be doing copy pitching. Yeah. Yeah, we've done it before and we'll do it again. And I'll say that again. I'll say it again and I'll do it again. Yeah, we're doing copy pitching. What do we do when we're doing a copy pitch? Well, I read out some copy that some businesses sent me that I was supposed to be reading out onto the production, which perhaps I did. And I, I go through the ramifications of, not ramifications, the, the, what am I looking for? The downfall of my negotiations. I, I explain where the things went wrong and why things didn't go through. It's a fun little blend of scripted stuff and uh, improvised uh, discussion. Not to pull the, not to pull the, pull the, pull, not to pull. Hmm. Don't know where my mind's at. Yeah, let's jump in. Let's just jump in. Let's just jump into it. Let's just do it. Let's just. Fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be blase this episode. I yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. I'm so excited. I got this here. I got this here. It's written. It's written and it's ready to go. Okay. Splish bash. There's no need for a bath with Dettles range of high power germ busting ACC approved BPA free bottle. Not for resale. Easy to understand. First grade. First class. Non-toxic. Do not consume. BPA field MSG GMO LOL ICTV compliant government funded own grown made in China paperless double stuff premium super size encrypted hunger busting royalty free dentist approved fun size fingerless durable rose scented lemon soaked poached pan fried page free non microwaveable non refundable non compliant God bless celebrity endorsed scent free orange infused mint garnish varnish stain free hand sanitizer. That's right. Dettles is saying the very best and high-powered germ-busting, ACC-approved, etc. hand sanitizer. Did you think I was going to say that all again? We're not fucking Austin Powers. You'd get the joke 10 seconds in and have to sit and wait. Yeah, this is becoming a rant about Austin Powers. They just do the one joke over and over again, and if you cut them out, it'd be go for like 20 minutes. And the sad part is that it'd be a solid 20 minutes. I'm not saying the films are bad. It's just I get frustrated waiting for Austin to finish pissing for things to keep going. Dettle. It's Shagadelic, baby. 
Yeah, this was actually a pretty big deal for me. This was at the height of the COVID pandemic, when Dettel were really taking the stage when it came to clean hands and even cleaner minds. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I met with them. Um, it was probably, I want to say March. I want to say March 2020. I met with them. I sat down in a seat and faux pas on my watch. Okay, here's the thing. If you're meeting up with Dettol, the one thing you don't want to do is come in there grubby. You don't want to come in there grimy because all of a sudden they saw me exiting from the bath. Let's just say talking about this meeting is talking about the preamble to the meeting. I arrive at the facility, the Dettle facility, the Dettle high security facility about 30 minutes early. I, w- I was really eager. I was excited to- for this brand sponsorship and opportunity. So I got there a little bit early. I asked very politely. I'm a very polite individual. I asked reception whereabouts the bathroom was. I said, thank you so much. That- that's amazing. And then once I turned a corner, I went, shit, fuck, shit. And I kind of bolted into a, a restroom and I got in there um, soundly. At which point I, you know, I I did some stuff in there that I'm not proud of. I did some stuff in there that I'm not proud of. I don't know what you will say. Everybody poops. Alex, how bad could it be? I probably broke some laws in there. I don't want to say what I did, but I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it's wrong. (laughs) Like, it couldn't have been right. I didn't feel right. I felt bad. So, and then I get out of the stall. I do a whoo, do not go in there. And I go over to the, uh, I go over to the taps and I go to the taps and I'm, I, I do wash my hands. I soap them up. I wash my hands. All that's good. I know you're thinking, Alex, you must not have done that. That's what Daddle's mad about. But here's what happened. I did that. And then when I turn, like I dried my hands and I turned to look at, there was one tap that was like slightly on a little bit and it was dripping, drip, drip, drip. I'm an environmentally conscious man. I see that going, I need to help. I need to, I need help. So I go over and I turn the knob shut. And once I do that, I'm positioned kind of like more close to the stalls and I turn and I start walking out as this gentleman walks in that I've never seen before. He sees me immediately and I recognize what it looks like. It looks like I've just come out of a stall I've got dry hands and it it looks like I haven't cleaned my hands, but I'm not going to re-clean them for this asshole's benefit, okay? I don't just, I don't need people to validate my perception of who I am as an individual, so I go on my merry way. Next thing I know, another well, five minutes, I was in the toilet for 25 minutes, another five minutes pass, I get called up, they say, Mr. Krause, I'd like to see you now. I go, thank fuck, finally. And I go inside this room, glass-walled office, knock, 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 clink, 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 open the door. Sitting in that fucking seat is that man from the fucking bathroom. And he's sitting there and he gives me like a big old, (laughs) big scoff, a big like, I know what this guy just did and I know what he fucking didn't do. It's wash his hands. I try to play the interview cool. I'm sitting down. I'm having a chill, cool time. I'm talking about my various donations to charities, my various works and workings, how I've been employed in various different fields. Yes, I'm experienced. Yes, my resume is detailed and you'll probably enjoy reading through various portions of it as I have presented it to you in such a manner. This is... This is me in an interview. I'm not good at it. I freak the fuck out and I start talking like I'm unsure about how language works. Yes, please partake of my resume. Enjoy my CV for it is good eating. 
And uh, yeah, so they start going with that and I realize the interview is not going too well. Instead of asking me questions like, what's your worst trait? Or like, where do you see yourself in five years? They start asking me questions like, where do you get off? What's wrong with you? Um, you know, like, where did where did things go wrong? And I tried my best to answer those like, yeah, I guess maybe when I was a kid, I maybe um, I maybe goofed around a little bit too much and it kind of ruined my sense of um, connection to other people. And I'm always a little bit detached <laughs> on the fake butter of people. Uh, but then, yeah, I really wanted to be able to salvage the moment, at least as like a relationship, not even beyond, not like a romantic, no, yeah, come on, not like a romantic, just like maybe I want them to understand me as a person, even beyond like the employment process. So I did say, look. Let me come clean. Uh, Well, let me come clean about me actually being clean is what I said. And I said, in that bathroom situation, I know you're thinking and I know I'm thinking and I came out of the stall and I washed my hands. I drove and they they stopped me. You didn't wash your hands. I go, no, no, no. I did what? Let me, let me, let me get my fucking two cents in. Okay, asshole. Let me just explain what happened. I came out of the bar and I got out like little, little, uh, little, little blocks that they had on there as like some fidget toys. I'm like mapping out the place. I'm like, okay. Imagine this. Let's, let's 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 imagine you're down here. Imagine this is the bathroom, and I start like placing the tiles, and I'm like, "These is the bath. Here's everything." I explain the whole sequence of events: washing the hands, drying of the hands, returning to fix the tap, the leaky tap, going back out, them seeing me, the whole shebang. At which point, at which point, we got to a really mutual understanding. You know, I was kicking around the blocks. They had a little like block that they're making voices with. They're like, "Oh." governor oh it's the it's the washing patrol better get in better get in there and um yeah i don't know we kind of like hit it off we had a pretty good time we're like playing around um i did my own little voices i was like yeah i'm i'm stitch you know we filmed this we filmed this thing and it's uh you know we had to cut it because it was similar to the tragedy of 9 11 and like we <laughs> <laughs> Will never not be funny to me, but I know I don't think it's that funny. The stitch impression, I I find it very funny. And, you know, we're like, we really related with that. Um, And I'm proud to say that we have another play date again. I don't know. Um, We're going to build some blocks. We're going to build some sandcastles. I don't know where things are going to go from here. So that was the, but they did say, they did say, I couldn't do the deal. I want to be clear. It ended on a pretty positive note, but they said I couldn't do the deal. They said I wasn't right for it, which is fine, honestly, because I got a new PayPal and I don't know. They're pretty cool. And yeah, like sometimes their mum picks us up from, uh, you know, games and stuff. So like, yeah, we're, we're, we're in a pretty good spot. I don't know. I feel, I don't know. I'm giggly about it. Let's jump to the next one. Want to cry? Want to laugh? Want to have a good time with close friends but not have to catch up with them in an intimate capacity? Hoyt Cinema is right for you. At over 50 locations across Australia, you can fulfill the promise of a catch-up and spend your time focusing on Baz Luhrmann's Elvis rather than discuss how Noah is happier after moving to Kew. Oh, you wanted to share an anecdote about how your car was sideswiped at your kid's primary school and it makes you concerned as a parent? Too bad, bud, because I'm busy listening to the music battle scene of Sam Raimi's Doctor Strange 2 with Chris Dolby Atmos sound. Need that extra level of separation? Why not try our Lux experience? There's nothing that says it would be rude to discuss your nan's health quite like trying to time your scanning of a QR code to order wine to the intimate bright flashes of the king's man. Hoyts. Shh. 
Yeah, so this one was actually pretty devastating. I'm obviously a big Hoyts fan. I'm a big movie buff. I could name three films off the top of my head. Here we go. I'm going to do it. No, I'm not even like, I'm not even Googling anything. I'm not even like Googling anything or anything. I'm just like going for it. Like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to like go for it. And there'll be three movies on off the top of my head right here. Elvis. Fuck. It's legitimately the first result. Okay. Uh... Yeah, Elvis is obviously one, but that was in the list. We also have, um, what do we got here? What is these? What is, uh, what's, uh, I know, I know all these films. I know all these films. Lightyear, Lightyear, of course, in cinemas. The tragic story of Buzz Lightyear and Minions, The Rise of Gru. These are all films. We're all aware of them. We all know them. Okay. And, that's what I came in here with. I said, look, I'll do this Hoyts advertisement. I want to be involved. I want to be intricately involved with everything that you're doing. Okay. I want to get my hands. I want to get my hands in the meat of the pie. Okay. Uh, and we started discussing film. You know, I was sitting down in the room. We're discussing films. I was like, I love it when a director takes control of the production. I'm like, I love it when they do their job. I love it when they do their job and they know what to film and they prepare the film and they do the post pro on the film like i love that shit and they're like yeah i'm pretty interested in the um i thought this they're saying shit about the cinematography and arrival and i'm nodding big and i'm like yeah yeah the cinematography yeah the cinema cinematog yeah the cinematog and arrival was pretty pretty neat i tell what i like and here's what i said that i liked i'm like I, I i like it when there's tape on the floor that really clearly marks where an actor should stand i feel like I don't know. I'm like a I'm like a foodie. If a foodie was a movie buff, you know, in that regard, I really like it when the actor knows exactly where they need to stand. And I also like to see that behind the scenes, you know, where it's like, what gaffer did this, you know? <laughs> they really fucking nailed it on that set, you know, you know, you know. And I continue to muse on my other favorite film things. Of course, I like it when a big boom is hanging over in the sky. I like it when <laughs> I like it when. <laughs> I like it when they kiss like a big pizza pie. I like it when I like it when they're happy to do or die. Okay, the Charge of the Light Brigade, obviously one of the most beautiful poems of all time. Why don't we get that created into a film? Is what I said. Why don't we make a Charge of the Light Brigade film? And they said, yeah, I guess that's not really your forte. We're not really bringing you in. And I interrupted them and said, you mean my like will forte? Will forte? Huh? What about that? So yeah, this one actually really hurt to not get. I'm obviously a huge film buff. I love films. love everything about films. I love gaffer taping the floor. I love um, boom mics hanging overhead. I'm a big fan of directors having control over a set, both pre and post-production. I think that's really interesting and neat and gauche. Um, and I wanted to come in there and bring in my expertise. I was like, look, I know I understand these films. I understand what's going on. You want me to read some copy I know, like, I understand the words. If you give me a word in the film industry, I'll know it. Let me look up some terms. I'll tell you what they mean. Here we go. Um, list of film terms. Let me tell you. Let me tell you all of the film terms. Here we go. Bird's eye view. That's um, that shot from uh, Citizen Kane where it comes up with the crow. That's a bird's eye view. It's when they go, and you're interrupted by a bird. Close up. Um, that is when two actors are pretty... Pretty close. Not very funny, but it's sometimes he's not very good, but like that's just what it is. It's when two actors are very close. I don't know what else to tell you. Continuity. Now, why do these all start with C? Perhaps I'm on a I'm on a glossary. I'm on a glossary. I'm on a glossary. Let me bring this up. Let me scan around. Let me find some good ones. Let me go. Okay. Let me find some good ones. Um, a two-shot. Yeah, this is so this is you um so Big Bang Theory is actually famous to doing for doing this. They're shot 
twice on set. So they do it once and then just for coverage, they do it a second time. Uh, and they do this, they do this, they do this, they do this twice. Did I mention that? They do this twice. And they also, let me specify this. They don't stop doing it. <laughs> so, they do it twice and they don't stop doing it. I want to be clear about that. Let's go to the next one. Mise-en-scene. A lot of people are very confused about mise-en-scene because it's a French word. We hear mise-en-scene. We say, how do we pronounce it? Is it mise-en-scene? Is it mise-en-son? Is it mise-en-rice? It's very confusing. We don't know how to pronounce the word. We don't know what the word means. Let me break it down for you. Mise or mice stands for mice, the animal. N stands for to the nth degree, most amount of mice, and sen is sent thereof, which means the most amount of mice sent. So what it means is, it means that there's the most amount of mice sent that's happening on the set. Yeah, 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 yeah. It means there's the most amount of mice being sent on set. Okay, and I didn't know I'm inventing a tongue twister right now, but I really am. The most amount of mice sent on set is the mise-en-scene of the scene. The mise-en-scene on the scene is the most amount of mice set. The setting of the mice set is the mise-en-scene. The mise-en-scene, the mise-en-scene. Try it at home. It's pretty fun. It's probably a little too easy to say to count as a tongue twister. Uh, Alex, what is a flash edit? Let me tell you what that is. Um, it won best, it won best cinema mo- moment at the Oscars. A flash edit is when you edit Isra Miller. Obviously it is. That's a flash edit, obviously. So yeah, I said, I know all this stuff. I really want to be intricately involved. I want my hands, I want my hands in there. I want my hands in there. And Hoynes looked me up and down and said, okay, if you say you can do it, we're going to do it. But what are we going to do? We're going to put you through the trials of a filmographer. And they did that. They gave me the the eight restrictions, whatever that artsy film, film is, film, film is. And yeah, they gave me a bunch of restrictions. So I had to do this copy once and then once I did it once, they made me do it again with a different restriction. So at first I recorded it. They said, that's great. Now you're going to do it with a accent. And I said, great. All right, Ian. Want to cry? Want to laugh? Want to have a good time with close friends, but not have to catch up with them in an intimate capacity? And that was my accent. And they thought that was great. And they said, okay, let's try without the accent. So I did it again with that accent. Want to cry, want to laugh, want to have a good time with close friends, but I have to catch up with them in an intimate capacity. And they said, okay, let's try it with some enthusiasm. And they kept altering it, adding in these different extra wrinkles. And eventually, eventually I did learn they weren't doing the eight restrictions or four restrictions or however many it is. They were actually just giving me notes. And let me tell you about filming things, okay? I don't take kindly to notes. <laughs> Notes are what people get when they're doing poorly, when they need to change their actions and create a better version of their production style. I don't get notes, okay? I get even. And in getting even, yeah, yeah, guess what I did? I did film the head of Hoyts. I did film them, okay? I got I got some filming of them. Yeah, I'll admit it here and I'll admit it now. I got some secret filming of them doing precarious stunts and activities. Things that wouldn't be allowed. What they were doing is they were filming their parkour videos. This Hoyt's idiot was filming their parkour videos. And what they usually do is they cut out anything that might be illegally, might be illegal or legally like problematic. This being certain stunts on uh, particular particular buildings that have certain legislations, they'll cut it from the post-production. So I was fooling around these idiots as they were uh, jackassing around the city of of, uh, of Melbourne 
And while they were doing such and what like, I was following their recording crew with my own recording crew to try to catch them out. And now I have evidence of them committing these crimes and I'm holding it over their head. That's what I threatened them with. And they said, fine, release it. It's so poorly edited and shot. <laughs> you did shaky cam on top of shaky cam. You added a shaky cam effect on top of the shaky cam because you couldn't keep your arms upright because you have poor upper body strength. I couldn't follow I couldn't follow their parkouring. They're pretty good at it, I'll admit. So yeah, they called my bluff and now I feel like an idiot. I feel like Maeve. I feel like Maeve making a threat to Homelander and then him saying, just release it. I don't give a shit anymore. I'll kill everybody. Like, these hoits idiots are dangerous. Okay, next one. Spendless Shoes is doing just that with a new range of old stock. Slip-ons, pull-offs, crock tops, and loafers. All at an insanely low price point. 20, 30, 50, 60, even 70% of people fit into our shoes. What more? There's so much you can do with a shoe. Wearing, wearing in, having worn. Experience your shoe at any time and in any tense. But don't feel the same old tension in your heel. These things have everything you want. Ankle support, breathability, and you know what? You fucking know what? You can't have them. Yeah. I'm thinking over all the shit I just said, and I've come to a decision. I said, these are my shoes. Every day, I have to sit and watch as customers leave satisfied with our amazing product line and later share pictures of their naked feet online for an easy buck. You took them off? You just bought them. Why is it that my entire Instagram is pictures of naked feet, TikTok, Facebook? How is it that people can seem so happy one second getting a two-for-one deal on iTubs? They get home and douse their toes in olive oil and put them in the black guy's mouth. <laughs> now it's all I can think about. Spendless shoe. Get away. They're mine. Now this one. This one's actually a little bit different. Um, this was a big... This was a big... Um, it's a big turning point for me. This was a good moment for me to recognize, hey, sometimes you don't want to, sometimes you don't want to get in bed with the wrong people. You know, this spend less shoe um, organization, I was never, so there's a lot of red flags going into this. You know, we'd start off with some messages, some cute little funny messages, you know, um, hey, what you up to? Hey, what's going on? Just like some messages on some online platforms and slowly it um, evolved into something else. It was, hey, can we meet up? Um, you know, maybe we should meet at this car park at this hour or whatnot. And I was, and I was so entranced at the prospect that I didn't recognize like, oh, I probably shouldn't be meeting at a car park. I just wanted to see them. I wanted to meet them. I wanted to know what they were selling and what I could promote for them. So I met in this car park late at night. They said to me there at 11.30 when the lights start to go off at the local uh, Starbucks that's nearby that yeah closes its doors. And we were all... We were all there. All of us were there. It was me and them. And they didn't look like their profile pictures. You know, I thought they were going to be a little bit spendlessy. They were actually pretty well suited. They looked kind of gentrified, if anything. And this, yeah, this is one of the big, biggest red flags I heard. I start, We started discussing things and I was like, yeah, yeah, like I'd really love to promote your product. It's good to have somebody that I'm promoting that's, you know, trying to better the, you know, the common man and improve the lives of people, perhaps of the lowest socioeconomic standards, status and whatnot. At which point they said, huh, sorry, I was distracted by my suede suit. That's fine. You were distracted by your suede. I don't, I don't really understand what that means. And they said, sorry, I need to take this. And they go and they make a call. Um, 
I don't know. It was like, I thought what I was going to get was this low budget, spend less shoes kind of atmosphere. And what I ended up getting was this corporate elite piece of shit who I, I think must have been trying to turn this product around. But I, I was foolish. You know, I was really taken in. I really liked the person. I wanted to connect on a deeper level. So I, I set up a second arrangement. I was like, you know, we can meet. I, 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 we, 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 we kissed, we kissed, we kissed. I don't know. I've been dancing around it. We kissed. Okay. The two of us kissed in the parking, parking lot. And it's like, now the contract is set in stone. If we kiss, I don't know. It's like, now it's intimate and we have to meet again. So the second place I decided where we were going, I said, let's go bowling. So we went bowling. I met this guy there. I don't know. I'm doing fine. I'm not the best bowler. I'm using the little ramp. I'm using the bumpers. And they're, they're fucking destroying me they're they're just like they're strike after strike at least a spare at least like give me a spare or some shit but a strike 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 a whole crowd's gathered around and people start cheering their name in between each of their bowls they're also taking calls they're wearing their own branded bowling shoes and I don't know. I was getting like a bad vibe from them, but the fact that everybody was rallying behind them made it feel like I had to also support them. So I was also shouting Oscar. I was polishing their ball when they said polish it for them. You know, I was being really amenable and receptive as a person on a second outing. And things kind of turned pretty quickly. Things kind of got a little bit better. Um, All these resentments and these things that were going unsaid that I didn't want to say about their wealth and expenditures... Turns out they're having their own similar problems with me. They said that I thought that I was a good podcast, that a lot of listeners and revenue and a lot of people coming in that'd be nice and receptive, that'd be out of click buttons to push the brand. And what they'd learned through some of our discussions is that I have a very dwindling audience of individuals that are kind of a rotating door that aren't really receptive or really listen all the way through. Yeah. This kind of all came out in the open and we had a bit of a laugh over it, over coffee. So it was like, wow, I can't believe both of us were like faking our personalities online and pretending to be people that we're not. And maybe the course forward would be for us to admit who we truly are and to reconcile in what we've learned in this emotional relationship journey. And um, we're actually we're actually seeing each other again. Um I don't know. I I know I know what you're thinking, Alex. Weren't you with this? Weren't you with Dead All? But I don't know. I I, I told Spendless about Dead All, and they said they're fine with it. And Dead All said they're fine with Spendless. And I don't know. It's like it's a thru- it's a thruple. I mean, a thruple, and the three of us are actually like really good together. Is we each of us have flaws, and each of our flaws are kind of quelled by each other. You know, it's that this Spendless guy likes to go out and bowl in his premier shoes, and sometimes he get a little bit grimy, and he needs some dead all. And sometimes these dead all idiots, they're out there, they're making sure their products are perfectly. You know, clean and whatnot. And what they need is some roughing up. They need some spend less in their guts, you know? And, um, I don't know. I'm like sandwiched in between them and I'm just, I don't know. I feel they're both really nice. Um, but obviously, yeah, things didn't really go through with the brand deal. Obviously, as they explained to me over and over again, I'm not the right fit. Obviously, I don't have the money or the, or the, or the listenership to really get a spend less deal. So, um, yeah, but I got two relationships out of it. So that's fine. That's all good. Let's jump into the next one. Tick, tick, tick. Is that the sound of the price's right wheel spinning? 
Is that the sound of Larson hitting 30? Or is that the sound of your new Rolex? That's right, Rolex is manufacturing watches just like we used to and will continue to do. These things tell the time and guess what? They aren't going to apologize for it. This media landscape is so fucked. It's impossible to make a single watch without getting taken down by the non-PC police, the actual police. Sure, the watch had some faults. Yeah, I'll admit that, not in a court of law. The thing caused the person wearing it to travel back to when they were conceived and spoil the moment for their parents and result in the individual fading like in Back to the Future. But every watch has kinks that need ironing out, baby. Fossils had that watch with the plastic band that melted in the sun, remember? And Psycho's watches were notoriously used by Sila, the villain of heroes. Oh, did you like the villain of heroes? Did you think they were neat? Sila killed people. Innocent people. The world is fucked. Putting Siler on a fucking pedestal. He's the villain in Heroes. Rolex, relax. <laughs> yeah. 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 This was, um... This was bad. This is bad. I, uh... I love Rolex. I love their brands. I love their watches. I could wear one. I could wear one in. Uh, but... Obviously, we weren't meant to be. I got this copy and actually had a lot of artistic notes with this copy. Um, I talked down, I sat down with their design team over a Zoom call. I was enjoying a nice decaf and we're kind of ruminating on the uh, situation. And I just had some creative notes and it had a lot to do with the structuring of this one. I mentioned like, hey, look, I don't know what time of time travel model you're utilizing. It does seem strange that, um, like, what are the rules of this? How do they travel back in time? What are the repercussions of that? If I no longer exist, does that mean the event happened? How does the grandfather, par- grandfather paradox uh, chime in? Does that mean that specific timeline never happened? Does that mean, uh, you know, like, what are the ramifications that were going on post this? And they brought in their head of narrative who I sat down with and we had a really long discussion about this. They talked me through the law and the rules of their world. They talked me through how um, in the Rolex landscape and in that specific timeline that the rules were a little bit wibble wobbled due to Kang's interventions. Uh, And I don't know, we just ironed things out. We learned a lot about that. I always had a pretty lengthy discussion about heroes, about Sila. I'm like, look, they did a great first season. The writer strike hit and then things got complicated and messy. And it's not their fault that the thing became garbage, but it is their fault that they tried to run it for four seasons plus a reboot on the terrible content when they should have probably just restarted the actual thing from the get go. And they shared a similar mentality. It was, we're both narrative, narrative heads. We both like talking about the beginning and the middle and the end and... I can't believe this, but we also hit it off. I I know, I know. We hit it off. We got talking and we're, um, I don't know. We're going to see each other again. That's that one. That's the whole one. I don't want to talk about that one because all of these, all I don't know. I don't want to spoil that one. So I don't want to talk much more about it. Let's do the last one. Red, blue, yellow, green, purple. Yep, that sounds good. That sounds like all the colors. I'm sure I've said all of them and there are no more. Huh. What's that? Are you screaming at your podcast device, your favorite fruit? No? Oh, are you trying to tell me that orange is not only a healthy snack that can be divided and distributed to feed a pack of younglings, but is also on a color wheel? Well, color me impressed. For years, education on color has been at an all-time low. Fact. 
Most human adults don't even know. They have no idea. But thankfully, there is a solution. And no, it ain't no quack doctor. No need for an MD to squeeze their grubby hands into your brain folds. It's Bunnings. Yeah, Bunnings. For years, fathers have been taking their sons to Bunnings on their 13th birthday, walking them to the paint swatch section and going through the ceremonial picking of the favorite color ceremony. Everyone reaches a point in their lives where they must choose what path their life is going to take and that decision decision stops and ends at Bunnings Warehouse. Whether your child loves mauve or brown, we have all the colors to delight your eye receptacles and answer the highest of God's questions, to which color does your heart beat? Cyan, pink, black, gray, white... We got it all. And your child doesn't have to be bullied anymore for being a no-color Jerry. Fact! That insult originates from Jerry cans, as they cannot carry paint like paint cans. Isn't that neat? Bunnings. Home hardware? No. Home of hardware. This is actually where everything kind of came to roost. As I've mentioned over the course of this episode, a lot of these copy pictures this time, um, I form relationships with. Dead all, we... You know, we got together a little bit. We got spendless shoes. And uh, what was the other one? Rolex, what I just briefly talked about. Um, I only wanted to briefly talk about that one. Not because I'm hungry and wanting to end the episode. Because, <laughs> not because of that. But because this kind of branches into this one. Um, I... I thought I was handling it. I thought all these relationships were being balanced pretty well. I thought the people who needed to know about the others and didn't need to know about some of the others were... Everything was gelling pretty well. You know, we're able to have conversations and relate to each other without, like... I don't know, like, needing to complicate things through, like, oh, you didn't tell me about them or what? what's their name or why are they here or what are you doing in bed with who and whatever. So... Yeah, this is this was a problem. I went into this office at Bunnings. I sat down with them and it was a little bit of a sting. I'd originally gotten this copy. I was all prepared to talk. Red, blue, yellow, green, purple, say everything that needed to be said. And sitting across from me was the faces of every single person, every single copy picture that I'd previously had a relationship or I mean, currently had a relationship with. And they confronted me. They, uh, they said that they felt betrayed. They said that they'd felt like they were the only copy in my in, in my life that I was um, engaging with and that they felt like they couldn't continue their brand forward with an individual who was so blasé in their copy relationships. And it turns out that Bunnings was never even involved. They used Bunnings as a front They to bring in all these other individuals to confront me about my juggling of... Um, of these people. And I didn't take kindly to this. I was pretty adamant that it was all a big misunderstanding. I tried my best to pretend like I was dead or dying. I held my chest. I gasped for air. I kind of rushed to tap a phone to do zero, 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 but also tried to do that in a way where I didn't dial it because I didn't want the phone. Uh, and they read right into this. They're like, Alex, you can't fake your death to get out of this. It's clear what you're trying to do. And I was like, no, no, this is real. This is really happening. And they said, if it's really happening, call triple zero. They called my bluff. They know I can't afford the fine. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I put down the phone and I said, fine. You got me. I've been having a relationship with each of you. And that was wrong. You know what's more wrong? You know what's more wrong? Saying no to love. 
You know what's more wrong is each of us getting along, each of us having a good time with each other and saying we're not going to hang out more often. It's saying that we're not going to spend more time together, embracing intimately. What's wrong is each of us going our separate ways because of my stupid mistake. If I had my way, sure, you would never have heard about each other. Sure, I would have been juggling you on the side forever throughout my entire life, marrying each of you and having separate family and offspring. (laughs) But if we have your way right now, what happens is we deny ourselves happiness. We decide that we don't have love. You know what's, you know what's wrong in the world? People like you. People who don't love, love. I got a slow clap going, meaning that I started a slow clap. And as I did my slow clap, each of them did leave. Wishing me their own very special goodbye in their own very special way. Dettel, of course, spat in their hand and slapped me across the face. (sighs) Hoitz, who I said I previously didn't have a relationship with, but I actually was secretly sitting on the side and was present in the room, gave me a big old shh and slapped me across the face. Spendless got out a shoe and slapped me with it across the face. And of course, finally, Rolex took their Rolex off and slapped me across the face. They all slapped me. They all left. And, uh, Kind of like as brass knuckles with the watch. Like brass knuckles, they slept me. They slept me with like brass knuckle watch. And uh, they all left. They all left and they left me inside that empty warehouse where they shot the rehearsal with a fake Bunnings built inside of it. And I, um, I'm brave enough to admit that I cried. I'm brave enough to admit that I cried. I'd lost everything that I'd set up, everyone that I've ever loved. And I was pretty much dealing with the idea that I'd be forever alone. So yeah, I was pretty upset. I, um, I cried, but eventually I picked myself up. I cleaned myself up. I cleaned my hands with Dettol. I put on some new spendless shoes. I put on a nice Rolex. I (sighs) went to Bunnings. I picked up my favorite color, I guess. I think there's one I'm missing, but I did all the stuff. I did all the stuff and now I'm here recording this podcast and sending this out to each of you and saying that I am sorry. This episode isn't for the fans. This is for you. Each of you. Each of you that I love and I hold dearly. I want you back. And my mistakes, they're my own. And your mistakes are letting me go. (laughs) So why don't we put a ring on this thing and we, I don't know, go wild on each other. (laughs) One last time for good memories. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Big Tall Boys. Like, favorite, subscribe, do the things you do with another episode. But for this one, this week you're going to share this with, well, this episode's for each of these companies. So probably share this with your parents to get permission to marry you. I suppose that's what we should do. I'm traditional in that aspect. Here's how I think about this. Here's what I think about this episode. And it's rather disappointing. Hopefully you enjoyed this one, but I'm going to be transparent. I'm... I'm so hungry that I got a bit delirious halfway through this one and lost a lot of motivation. So I'm really hoping this one came together in the cut. 
I'm really hoping it did. It's probably a little bit shorter than other episodes. I'm really hoping this came together in the cut and it came into a rather good thing. I think there's some good stuff in there, probably, maybe, hopefully. Um, but if there wasn't, you know, ring me, call me anytime you want me. Just call me up. We can have a discussion about it. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, check out other things on the website, bigtoolboys.com. And also check out my new show, Long Form Show, One Last Late Night Talk Show. Okay, it's pretty good. It's a late night talk show at the end of time and space and reality. And it's fun and weird and fresh. And there's a new episode out every week until I run out, which perhaps I already have. Who knows? Um, that's the whole thing. I'm hungry, as I mentioned. So I'm just going to fucking leave you behind in the fucking dust. I hope you had a good time. Bye, later skaters. Play the song. Um, hi, can I get a big tall boy?